Welcome to the Mosaic of Marion, a weekly podcast hosted by Dr. Henry M. Meadows, Jr. and presented by Marion Baptist Church in Chatham, Virginia. It is our sincere hope that you'll join us each week as we explore what it means to be part of God's big picture through biblical discussions about the saving power of Jesus Christ and what it means for our lives each and every day, starting today. So glad you guys are here with us. This is the very first installment of the Mosaic of Marion, and my name is Hank Meadows. I'm the pastor of Marion Baptist Church, and um, we love to call this the Mosaic that is Marion because I want people, as the scripture says, from all tongues, tribes, and nations to be a part. The gospel is for everyone, and so I'm so thankful that we could have a multicultural church, and my prayer is that this will help somebody, and I don't know your stance in life, your place in life, your gender, or your nationality, but I hope that you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. So coming to you today, today I have with me for my initial broadcast, I have Miss Mona Selden, and she's come to us. Um, she's been a, a lot of places, her and her husband Tyler, who was in the Air Force, but she's now at Marion, and we're so thankful God is using her. Um, she's taught a Bible study with our women, and she dealt with some of the names of God, and she has a blog where she wrote a blog um, about praying through the names of God through a pandemic. And so that's the reason I brought her here. And so just let her tell you hello. Hello, and I'm glad to be here. That was short, sweet, <laughs> to the point. Um, so she has a blog, and I want to encourage you, if you're listening, to um, find her blog. It's called filledtooverflowing.home.blog. Filled to overflowing, all one word, dot home dot blog and it was very good it's where we got all the the titles of god's name that we're going to be speaking about today so i want to encourage you that if you tune in that you'll have your bible because we're going to take you to the places um, where the name of god is and so mona just really quick what made you write this um, blog that dealt with these names that you had taught about well, we literally just finished the Bible study it was the very last thing that happened at church before we had to close because of all of the um, orders that were coming from the governor and the restrictions. And so um, the timing of it was just amazing that we had gone through um, all of about 17 names of God. And then as um, sitting at home in reading and listening to people in their fears about the pandemic, their concerns, um, and all of that goes with that goes with that. God just kept bringing to mind his names that we had just been studying and that we had just been um, learning about. And so it was just a natural thing for me to then say, well, then we need to be praying these names. And as we learned them, we talked about how those names were the strong tower for us, as it says in Proverbs, that the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run into it and are saved. And so we dealt with that. And so what better thing then to do than to put those names into our prayers um, to help us during this pandemic? Well, amen. Hey, as I was sitting here thinking, um, let's just go right now to the Lord, and um, we want to pray as we really sort of get into the meat of what we're going to talk about today, and um, so I want to take us to the throne of grace and, and pray real quick. Father God, we come, and Lord, I do thank you. I thank you for all that you've done in my life personally, you've done in the life of this church. Thank you for Miss Mona and for her life and how you've poured your Holy Spirit into her, Father God, and 
you've obviously given her the gift of teaching, Father. And um, But Lord, we want to thank you for who you are. And we're going to look at several names of you today. Um, but Father, these by far um, are not an exhaustive list. There's so many more. We could spend um, a lifetime talking about your names and who you are, your characteristics, your qualities, Lord, and we would never get to the bottom of that well. So, Lord, we come and we just seek you today, God. And and I ask that, uh, I want to pray right now that um, you would put an end to this plague, God, that is uh, running rampant through our country, through our world. And, Father God, that you would subside it. We know that you could always stay your hand, Father God, and it could end today. Just as when you were on the sea and that storm came up and you said, peace be still, you could speak the same words now, Lord, into this. And so, Father, we come in your presence and we bow humbly. And, Lord, we don't really seek anything other than your face, Father God, knowing that that is wonderful and beautiful and true, God. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for Jesus. And thank you for the Holy Spirit. Lord, we love you and we praise you today. In the name of Jesus, amen. Uh, I have a question as we begin, though that I want you to, your opinion. Um, why do you think people are so afraid? Um, as I mean, you used that as you was talking about people mm -hmm. were afraid and had fear. Why do you think people are so afraid? I think that um, the fear comes in because we're not in control. We don't have our usual routines. Um, we don't know where the virus is lurking. Um, just the fact that People can be contagious even when they're not exhibiting symptoms um, is can cause fear because you don't know who's carrying it around. Um, and I think it's just uh, unknown. And so when you're dealing with those kinds of things and then you're told to, you know, don't go out and that that's where that fear comes from. And um, just that mainly just that unknown. And that is something in, in life. We, we have the fear of the unknown about a lot of things. You know, I know a lot of people are afraid to die. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of people are, you know, I'm afraid of spiders. Um, I'm not afraid to see one. I just don't like it when they get on me. Mm -hmm. And I sort of freak out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, the, and then other people, I mean, uh, you know, you're afraid of heights and all that. But this is one I think that, overwhelmingly has affected our entire world in a sense yes. that because no one seems to be able to get a grasp on it um even the the really intelligent doctors right. uh, you know they seem to be baffled in a sense and and then it also because it takes so long to figure out the right medicines or combinations or the right vaccines um all that plays into it so having said all that let's just go and let's talk about the lord Okay. What do you think? So um, <clears throat> what we're going to do and how we're going to do this is I've went through her first blog um, and wrote down the four names um, that um, Mona had dealt with. And then uh, she had has written a, a second one since dealing with some other names. And we'll deal with one name from that list as well. So how this is going to work is that um, I'm going to say the name. And then I'm going to let uh, Mona talk about it however long she wishes and why she chose that name and what it means. And then we'll come back and we'll give you the scripture um, that goes along with that. Is that good with you, Ms. Mona? That's great. All right. So the first one is El Elyon. El Elyon is God's name, which means God Most High. 
And this is the name that shows us that God is sovereign over all things. And so as we, especially in the face of this pandemic, it seems like we are out of control and the virus is what is in control. But the reality is, is that God is in control. There is nothing greater than him and there is nothing that is stronger than him. There is nothing that can um, do anything without his control. And so um, we need to trust in that sovereignty. We need to trust the fact that he um, knows exactly what's going on and he is allowing it to happen for whatever reasons and it doesn't make sense to us. But the virus is not in control. God is in control. Um, and so when we hold on to that and we hold on to his sovereignty, then we can um, rest in that and knowing that he um, is the one who is controlling all things. Um, and so that just gives us comfort, that gives us um, peace, that gives us stability. Um, and it helps to take away that fear because when we can trust in God and know that he is the one who controls all things, he controls life and death. He controls um, the days and all that happens in those days. Then we can um, live without fear because we can trust in what he is doing. Amen. I mean, that's absolutely true. Um, if you have your Bibles there, when you hear this, Genesis chapter 14 and verse 20, that's one of the um, places um, that we see this come about when Abram, has he rescues Lot. Um, and as he's walking back, um, Melchizedek brings out wine and bread and he blesses them. And he, and here's what he says, blessed be Abraham by God, most high possessor of heaven and earth and blessed be God, most high who has delivered your enemies into your hand. Love that way. It describes it possessor of heaven and earth. And by the way, let me stop here for just one second. I am, as I'm reading, I have the ESV translation, the English standard version, so in case you you have King James, New King James, New American Standard or, or anything, just know that I have the ESV. The possessor, think about that. He possesses it all, yep. heaven and earth. Yep. There, there's nothing. Now, we, we like to think that we're in charge or this is the United States of America or China or wherever. But here's the truth. God possesses all. And it, when he possesses all, he can deal with all. You, you mentioned something, and I hope I don't put you on the spot here. Um but I really want your biblical opinion on that instead of just saying your opinion. People will ask all the time, well, if God is so in control, why is he letting this God and that he's allowing this? But look at the fact he's made a way out. And that's if if you were to contract it and if you were to draw your last breath, that if you know God the most high through the blood of Jesus, mm -hmm. you can go to heaven and you'll never deal with it again. So there's always in Romans 8, 28 is in the Bible. It's a, it's a decreed will of God for believers. Yes. Now that is, now I want to make that clear. Uh, unbeliever, I don't think I heard you say yes. Romans 8, 28 is not for the unbeliever. That's, that is correct. It is for the believer. And, um, and so, but we also have to remember that it's not saying that everything that happens to you is going to be good, but God will work it out for good. And it's not going to necessarily be the good that we define good or society defines good. But the whole point, what God desires is that we would become more Christ-like. Amen. Amen. So I'm reminded of Joseph when he's talking to his brothers 
And he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. I promise you this. There's some, uh, there's some good that has come out of this pandemic. Yeah. I believe it's restructured the family unit again. Mm-hmm. I believe it's drawn us more to the kitchen table um, mm-hmm. where we need to be. And, and um, you know, for me, for one, personally, you know, I love sports. Um, the fact that I cannot watch live sports anymore, and I mean, I don't really care about watching sports that have already occurred or any make-believe ones that are out there right now that they're putting out there. Um, you know, I've been reading more. I found myself, myself as a pastor, even more in the word and it's just slowed down life. And that's what I believe one part of the good. I believe I cannot show you from scripture, but I believe God is using to slow us down just a little bit. So that's the first one, El Elyon. The second one is Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Rapha. Jehovah Rapha is the name the Lord heals. And, um, that as we see cases of um, COVID-19 rising, it's just Jehovah Rapha is who we need to cry out to because he is the Lord who heals. He heals our sicknesses. He heals our diseases. He heals our spiritual diseases. He heals, heals our mental diseases and our physical diseases. He Because he's sovereign over all of that, um, he has the ability to heal it. And so as we see those... Um, numbers rising, um, we can cry out to Jehovah Rapha to heal and, um, and to take away this virus and to um, cause it to not be causing the harm that it is causing right now. And so um, Jehovah Rapha is the Lord who heals is um, especially relevant right now during this pandemic. And I was, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, some people are going to always argue, and I'm trying to look at both ways. Well, if if he was really God, he would he would heal this. Um, I think about the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the mm-hmm. fire when Nebuchadnezzar said, "You're gonna you're gonna either kneel in front of me and worship my statue, or I'm going to throw you in the fire." And the boy and the, those young men said, "Our God can." This is Meadows Loose translation now, okay? <laughs> Because I, I cannot quote it right from memory, and I haven't looked it up. But here's what they basically said: "Oh, um, King, we, our God, can save us from that. But if He does not, right. see, even these guys that had great faith, they said He can save us through this fire. But even if He chooses not to, let it be known that we never bowed to worship You, and it wasn't because He couldn't save us." In his omniscience, in his omnipotence, in his sovereignty, in his providence, he chose not to. By the way, and that's all up to God. You know, so here it is. In Exodus, we find this found in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 26, when the Bible um, says this. If you will diligently, diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes, Give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes. I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Did you catch that? Some qualifications there specifically. Now, I know this is Old Testament, but it's still some qualifications that we have a part. And I'm just going to be honest. If you look at our country right now, we're not doing a whole lot of listening to his commandments. We're not doing a, a lot of um, heeding his word. Uh, it seems that every day we're going in the opposite direction about what we think is right. I hear a whole lot of that. Well, what I think we ought to be doing and how I think we should be living 
Is this, this, this? And everybody's got a right to their own life. No, if you're a believer, you surrendered your rights at Calvary. And the only right you have is to live for Jesus the rest of your days. So I want to encourage you to be um, seeking the face of the Lord. Um, so then we come to the third one, which is, I believe, probably the one best known. The Lord, our provider. And so this is particularly relevant right now with um, so, so many people who are um, out of work, whose businesses have had to close, um, who aren't considered essential people. And so here they are not being able to work and not knowing how they're going to provide for their families, not knowing how they're going to pay the bills um, and facing those kinds of financial needs um, in particular right now. And yet we know that God is Jehovah Jireh, that he provides. He um, provides for us when we are um, in financial difficulty. Um, I can tell you story after story of how when we were first in the Air Force and my um, husband was uh, a low-ranking enlisted person and money was tight. And God provided over and over um, the money that we needed for necessities as well as fun things. Some, one time someone provided money so that my daughter could take gymnastics. Um, and so, but we also know that he provides other things as well. He provides those practical needs, but he also provides the things that we need that um, are um, maybe the emotional things that we need, maybe the things that we need as far as um connections with people. He provides those things because he is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. And if you will recall that story, um, it's found there in, in Genesis chapter 22. You know, Abraham is about to offer up his son. God has called him to um, sacrifice Isaac. Um, and so he's getting ready to do it. He has him all tied up. He has him on the, has the knife above his head. He's about to um, kill his son. And then um, in verse 14 of Genesis 22, he says, So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. Think about it. So he provided that ram. And, and this speaks really, and I believe one reason that's so well known today is because not only did he provide there for, for Abraham as he was about to sacrifice his son, but he provided a way for you and I to have salvation and go to heaven God, in a sense, Abraham was standing in the as a picture of God, in a sense, offering up his son to die as a picture. And I love that passage when Jesus says, Abraham saw my day. And, you know, that really caused a problem with the Pharisees. When he, and then he went into before Abraham, I am. And so um, any 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 more thoughts about that? Um, yes, actually, because um, <laughs> I, I saw you itching I know, for you it. Saw me, you saw me remember something. Um one thing that I learned this when I we just finished the study, this was the third time that I've done that study. And so um, it's fun to see new things. And one thing that I um, discovered is that that word gyra, that means provider, it literally means to see. And so what it's saying is that God will see to it that our needs are met. And so um, to me, that was just a beautiful picture of um, of not only that he provides and gives has that provision for us but he's going to see to it he's going to make sure that what we need we will get 
that the things that we are lacking, he's going to fill in for us, that he is going to provide those things. And I think the key word that you're saying there is needs. Yes. And yeah, I mean, it's great that they provided for your, your daughter right. to do gymnastics. And sometimes God will throw in. That's what I found about God is if you're just faithful, um, he's always going to provide for your needs. Right. And then every so often, he'll right. give you something for your wants. Absolutely. Just throws in a little gravy on top, as we like to say Absolutely. in the South. Just a little gravy on top, you yeah. know? Um, but that's the key to understand. God never says he's going to give you everything you want. But he will provide for your needs. Right. And he never says anything different in Scripture other than that. Um, you know, he go to Matthew chapter 6 when he's talking about not worrying and how he clothes the... Um, the flowers and gives them these beautiful will he not do the same for you he provides food for the sparrow will he right. not do the same for you and so he he does all that and by the way i when i listen and if you know me this is my heart your greatest need is what happens when you die right so seriously and i want you to hear it's my heart if god never gave you anything else he gave you jesus that is sufficient that comes to our understanding. But then in the practical things, we don't, we can't see God. We don't see him um, there. And so we don't see how he could do it. And, and especially I think that that's one of the biggest things is when we don't see a solution, when we don't see a way out of our situation, when there's no money in our bank account, but there are bills to be paid, we don't see a solution. And so we don't, we we can't then say it's just a hard step to take to say, but I know God is going to trust it, going to take care of us. And trusting God to provide is definitely something that um, you build up over time. He provides for you once. And then the next time you say, oh, I remember he provided for us before. And then he provides for you again. And each time are little stepping stones of faith. But that faith has to come. And I think it part of why it's so hard is just because we don't see an answer. And so it's hard to know that and remember that there is an answer. Amen. Amen. So let's get to, um, we have two left. And um, the next one is Jehovah Shama. I hope I said that right. <laughs> Jehovah Shama. If I didn't, Mona will correct me. <laughs> like I know. <laughs> um, Jehovah Shama is the Lord's name that the Lord is there. And I think that um, that is so comforting for us because we need to know and realize that um, we have the Lord's presence with us. That, and especially right now with this pandemic, when right. we're all alone, some people are all alone in their houses with no kids and no spouses and no family, which just breaks my heart and I can't imagine. But yet we know that he is Jehovah Shammah and he is there and he is present. And um, and so even when we are with our families and we're sitting in the same on the same couch day after day after day, um, what a comfort it is to know that God is right there with us and that we never face anything where he is not there. We never um, walk into any situation where he is not walking right beside us. Sure. And so um, I often pray not God be with somebody who is dealing with struggles, but God, let them know that you are with them because the truth is he is always there. We just have to be aware of it because he is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord who's there. 
Amen. And we find that passage in Ezekiel, the very last verse of um, the book of Ezekiel. When Ezekiel says this, um, the circumference of the city shall be 18,000 cubits and the name of the city that I mean, from that time on shall be the Lord is there. And so, by the way, he's always there. I love how you said that. And that's one. Of, that's actually one of my favorites because he's always there. He's always watching. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I will just an aside and then we'll run to this next one because our time will be on getting away. Ezekiel was a sort of a weird dude. Yeah. <laughs> he's one of the guys in heaven I can't wait to meet because if you've never read the book of Ezekiel, you need to read what God had this guy do. And just being honest, I guess weird was a bad word, but he obviously had, he was different. Yeah. Some things he was asked to do and, and that he did. So just one of those guys in heaven that I can't wait to meet after <laughs> I uh, spend a little bit with Jesus. So then the last one, which you said was your favorite. Mm-hmm. And um, I was laughing, telling her how I was going to say this name, but I won't do that. Um, but it's El Roy. El Roy is the God who sees. And especially as these days continue where we are... um in our stay-at-home orders when we um, can't gather together, we can't celebrate birthdays the way that we usually do, we can't celebrate baby showers and wedding showers and even weddings and even funerals. We can't um, do them the way that we usually do. And so um, God is the God who sees. And so when you're sitting there discouraged because you can't do those things, Um, mourning in ways that um, you normally maybe wouldn't mourn because you would be with people. Um, He sees all that. And what a comfort that is to know that um, he's not just a God who's up there in heaven, um, not aware of what we are going through, but he sees it. He sees it all. And so as you struggle with Um, despair or discouragement or even frustration and anger, um, he sees it all. And so we're not hiding anything from him. He, he sees it and he knows it. Amen. And man, that'll, that will also keep you on your toes. (laughs) You know, when you figure out that God is the God who sees and look, he just doesn't see in the good times, but he sees in in all times when, this is found in Genesis chapter 16, verse 13. It's when um, Sarah, Sarah gave her maidservant Hagar to Abram um, to, to be there. Abraham, excuse me. And she has a kid, Ishmael. And we won't unpack all that. <laughs> but um, so, so Hagar has this son, Ishmael. And in verse 13 of Genesis 16, so she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are a God of seeing. Friends, I don't know what you're going through today or or if you're hurting or where you're at, but I want you to know this. God does see. Yes. And God provides and he can heal and he's there and he's the most sovereign God. So just, just sort of putting them all together. He's there for you. I can promise you that. As sure as I know my name, God is there and he loves you, dear one. His desire, um, one of my favorite verses in all of Scripture, is in First Timothy chapter 2, verse 4. Uh, God desires that all men, the word men there means mankind, humans, all men come to a saving knowledge of Him. And that's sort of my heart's desire, is for all men to come to know Him. So man, 
What a good time. That's it. Thank you. We'll have to do this again and we'll get the other names. But um, once again, um, she is Mona Selden and she has a blog called filled to overflowing dot home dot blog i encourage you to go and read it she has some prayers with it so she puts it out um i don't know every so often every, every so often is the best way to put it so hey i want to encourage you um my plan is i'll be posting my podcast every tuesday they should be up every tuesday morning so i want to encourage you I have absolutely no clue what I'm going to talk about next week, um, but I'll be praying and ask you to be praying for me. Once again, I am Hank Meadows. I'm the pastor of Marion Baptist Church, and this um, podcast is The Mosaic of Marion, and I'm going to ask Miss Mona to close us in prayer. Jehovah Shammah, we thank you that you are the Lord who is there. And so, Lord, as we are in the midst of all of this, um, this pandemic, I just pray that we would rest in your presence, knowing that you are with us and that you will never leave us or forsake us. I thank you for all the things that you um, teach us about who you are and um, how who you are to us and how you meet our needs. And so, Lord, cause us to seek you out. Cause us to not sit in our um, despair or fear or whatever situations we are in, but that we would seek to know you more and to um, know how it is that you Um, desire to love us with an everlasting love and to fill us with your peace and your hope. And so, Lord, give us that to us and to all those who are listening. And so we thank you for um, entrusting us with your word and for entrusting us with the ministries that you give us. And Lord, um, may everything that we have done and said be pleasing to you and um, build up those who are listening. And so we thank you for that. And we lift all these things up in Jesus' name. Amen.